a random encounter at a broadcasting facility, a shared interest and love of all things Marvel, Excelsior, a misinterpreted program title, and behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick, podcaster and comic book enthusiast, and Eddie Wilson, upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelist Presents Taking a Shot, a Hawkeye podcast. Episode 5. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the usual rigmarole of today's episode and talking again about episode number 5 of The Hot Guy. On Disney Plus. We want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them. Social medias. Say thar, and then I'd say social, and then you say media. Yar, thar, Thor, whatever. Oh, ahoy. Go on Twitter, Instagram at the Marvelists. You can find us on Facebook. Well, but well, screw Mark yes, Zuckerberg. Yes, yes. Blah blah. Facebook. You can also find us on individual social media platforms. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Peter Melnick. I'm on TikTok. God knows why. At Peter Melnick, but better. And I'm on that site. Slash Peter Melnick Podcaster. And I'm on Instagram at Eddie9193 and Facebook, Eddie Wilson, boo. sunglasses, that's the guy. I'm not booing you, I'm booing the person. I know. You're you're fine. You're you're a you're a good egg, Eddie. Mr. <laughs> anyway, you can also find us on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, among many other platforms. Also, go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, share if you're ever so inclined. And remember, four stars or below on iTunes is like that ice cream machine at that restaurant. Ba-da-da-da-da. Repeated joke. Anyway, also, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The Marvelists, where you can support the show for as little as $3 a month to as much as whatever your little hearts desire. That's Eddie more Wilson. like <laughs> oh, man, there goes the volume again. Sorry about that. I was really trying to move away as I did that. Right. Anyway, you can also, like I said, get support the show for as little as that and as much as you can, when you go on there, get for $3 a month early access to episodes of this show as well as our undying love and gratitude and affection and just, you know, oh, so many hugs and kisses. If... You know, it consentable, whatever. Also, you can find us for the $5 tier, where with $5 gets you, again, all the aforementioned perks. Where? In addition to two bonus shows, one called You Haven't Read That, where Eddie Wilson reads comics he has never read, including Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns, although as of this recording, Eddie has read them, unless, you know, you decide, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I unread, sunshine. No, I unread them. Just going to eternal, eternal sunshine them, and then, you know, like, oh, I don't remember what I read. Who are you? Wow. But you can also get to listen to Eddie's other show with myself called Fantastic Voyage. And on that show, we cover all 102 issues, plus annuals, plus crossovers, plus tie-ins, plus whatever our little hearts desire. Well, that's the plan anyway. Well, we're going to see what happens. Eddie, have you decided on the December issue yet? Uh, well, we we hit a one-year mark with 12. We got to 13, 14, 15. I forget what issue number we're up to now. Well, we're, we're as we said, what are we doing, though? Because this month is the news and everything of somebody? Yes. Eddie Wilson breathed deep we into the We thought we would deviate a little bit and get into the uh, George Perez part of Fantastic Four and what he covered and or worked on. And just to talk about the overall importance of George Perez as a comic artist in the realm of comics, not just Marvel, but just comics, again, as a whole. 
So now also go to belowthecollar.com slash The Marvelists. And if you've made it this far, you are in fact Dad Dad Joke joke Immune. immune. And that means you are qualified and skillful enough to buy our Dad Joke Immune t-shirt. Let's say it again at the same time because I I heard the t-shirt and I was like, oh, he was hoping to say it at the same time as me. It was close enough. Keep moving. Oh, Dad Joe. Anyway. Eddie, this is episode number five of the Hawk Guy. Ronan, yes, yeah, Ronan. Uh, a fallout nearly derails their partnership, but Kate makes a discovery that changes everything. And I made a discovery. I did not think I would say "holy shit" this early in the morning today, but we did. As we I watched the episode, well, actually, no. Let's be honest. I did not say "holy shit." I said a "holy f word," and. Yeah, it was pretty loud for me when I saw that last scene. Let's just talk about the big thing because that's what everyone is here to talk about. You mean the big? To. You mean the big guy? The big guy, hey, the big guy. Yes, Wilson Fisk is finally in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it is the Vincent D'Onofrio portrayal. Vincent D'Onofrio is in King is Kingpin on the Hawk Guy, and he and, is named by as such Jeremy Renner, Kingpin. I got to tell you, um, it's one of those we all expected this to happen once we heard or once we saw the scene with the uncle. But it's official, official. And like you heard the laugh, but everyone's like, I really hope they don't, you know, maybe like bamboozle us or whatever. You're talking about the laugh from a previous episode? Okay, because I I like, wait a minute, I I don't remember this one. I didn't want to be bamboozled. Yeah. And we were not bamboozled, Eddie. It was pretty great to not be bamboozled. Well, I, you know, just going to the fact that we found this out at the end of the episode, somewhere mid-episode where Clint says uh, in a phone call to his wife, Laura, if I don't uh, end it this time, it's just a matter of time. I'm sorry. If I don't end this tonight, it's just a matter of time before the big guy gets involved. The big guy, To yes. which she says, Jesus. I'm like, <gasps> no, not Gee. him. Well, you know, it kind of lent itself to that. Well, what got me was, again, the continued hints and references to the Kingpin throughout this episode, specifically the big man Automall, or the fat man Automall. Fat man, yes, exactly. And Used cars. I Fat man used cars. I want to know how they're going to justify you know, other his other dealings. Like, what is it going to be? Is it going to be strictly the tracksuit mafia, the tracksuit Draculas? You know, I'm not sure, but now I'm thinking about how Clint knows about Kingpin. So there's going to be a relationship established there, perhaps. In the interest of fairness, he did kind of know these kind of, you know, underworldly kind of figures because of his work as the Ronin. That would have to be the way, yes. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, he was dealing with, like, Yakuza types in Japan. He was dealing with just no good Sonoma guns. And, again, I really, really enjoyed seeing that big reveal and... You know, pun intended. Um, it's nice to know that D'Onofrio has the character. He's. It's very nice to see Marvel going with the whole, yes, we are listening. We are, in fact, listening and acknowledging, hey, there are portrayals that we really were not truly all the way involved in, but we know people love them, so we're going to, you know, do this. Rumor and innuendo right now pertaining to other movies that are coming out, we might be getting someone back as Wolverine. I've heard on and off things about that Mm -hmm. and if that is in fact the case again i like knowing this i like knowing hey it's the acknowledgement that they if it ain't broke don't fix it okay but 
this could stir up some more interest, of course, obviously, at the very least. And so I don't see why not. Uh, my only problem is he is older, and mm -hmm. you want to be able to build these franchises based upon these people and keep for the longevity. However, I, I personally think, I, I will continue to say it, as much as I love seeing Jackman in the role of Wolverine, just give somebody else the chance. Like at this point, yes, he's the only one, but how do you know? It's like people who say, yeah, man, music is terrible nowadays. I can't listen to music. I only listen to the same old stuff over and over. Okay, but you're not giving something a chance to be your new favorite. All right, I'm okay with that point. Now, maybe, for some reason I just thought of this, they put whoever is going to be Wolverine in a mask. I'm fine with like that. We've, and so you're not specifically 100% sure who this is. If it's somebody new, you don't have a full facial recognition kind of thing. I'm I call, going out on a limb here. but I call the whole idea, though, of giving somebody not having them have a mask, it makes perfect sense because you want to be able to do the whole, you know, not having to pay a lot of person for licensing their uh, likeness. Okay, yeah. That's a big thing. That's mm -hmm. why, like, if you look at Star Wars, you never really see a lot of merchandise in stores featuring Luke Skywalker's face. You always see mask characters. Have you ever noticed that? So, yeah, somewhat, but... It's yeah. nine times out of ten, either Borba Fett, uh, Dervuder, or the Stormtroopers. And you didn't make those up just now, I don't think. No, George Lucas did, back in 1977. Oh, wow, okay, those were what hit the cutting floor then that you just picked up. All right. But it's a lot of those... It's, it's not having to pay for a likeness, and I get that. That's mm -hmm. why also there's more Yoda merchandise than there is Luke Skywalker in term and when I say merchandise I'm not referring to action figures I'm referring to things like t-shirts I'm referring to trapper keepers you know in 1985 I'm referring to all stuff like that you know oh okay and I feel like if you bring these characters I'm sorry we're going on a tangent about Wolverine but we're going to be going on a lot of those probably in the coming months let's be honest mm -hmm. but in regards to the overall thing of you know keeping these I love that they keep these things a big surprise, though. And, you know, when we have the mutants show up, that's going to be a big deal. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I will also say this is the biggest benefit for Marvel with these, you know, COVID times that we're in because of the fact these closed sets where you can be able to do something and not have to worry about people knowing about it. All the people that knew, like, there's no people running around with, you know, cell phone cameras, spoiling this, you know, because there's a uh, closed set right now where the person's going to show up, and they obviously know. The only mm -hmm. time these spoilers really get leaked out are loudmouth actors. Alfred Molina yeah. was the one that revealed he's going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. Because he said it. Right. <laughs> yes. Jamie Foxx said the same thing, and they actually just recently did a uh, a big like a big video from uh, Sony and it was hilarious. It's uh, the actor who plays Ned Leeds, Zendaya, and uh, Tom Holland, and they're talking about no spoilers, don't spoil it. And then the trailer, the video ends with Jamie Foxx saying, yeah, no spoilers. And then the actor who plays Ned responds back with, yeah, but Jamie, you're a spoiler. That's going to be either a title or a subtitle to a movie. No spoilers. Well, obviously it's not going to be Spider-Man because they're all, you know, home, yeah, well, home, home yeah. puns. Home, home key. The home key. He uses the home key on his computer. <gasps> gotcha. Okay. But going back over to the whole D'Onofrio reveal, 
they did a phenomenal job keeping this a secret as the series is going on. And they kept well, it on his cell phone, on uh, what you call it, cell phone, Kate's cell phone, right? Well, let me ask you, in regards to the, the keeping a secret from Marvel in regards to Kingpin, do you also think debuting him in this kind of series where everyone had either low expectations or no interest helped keep the secret? Yeah, yeah, I think it all worked in the positive. That's the thing. one. It is the one positive of putting this in a character that no one really gave a crap about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why everyone, you know, all this the. I have a weird feeling the big, big, big deals are not going to feature spoilers or surprises like this. Wandavision had some big, you know, surprises. But that was because a lot of people didn't really care. Yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, they didn't go all out on the big surprises or, you know, secrets. Same with Loki in a lot of ways. Loki, we watched it. The The biggest thing was Jonathan Majors as, uh, what's his name? Kang. That's about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But Kang was known about. Whereas, again, D'Onofrio, no, nah, not really. Mm. And another comment in regards to this version of D'Onofrio's character of the Kingpin that somebody said was, this is an alternate universe version. This is the main six or the Marvel uh, MCU timeline version. This is not the Netflix version. This is a alternate timeline, kind of like how Jamie Foxx's uh, Shocker or Electro Electro, Electro mm-hmm. is a different version because you know he's he's not blue and he has a hairline now for some <laughs> reason because that you know how did that work out? But it's different timeline. Same with uh, what's his name. Uh, Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus mm-hmm. and Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Right, right. So it's different interpretations, it's different it's different universe versions, and I like that. Yeah, and that's how you can most successfully, I think, uh, pull it off. How do you think D'Onofrio is going to pull off this role in this universe? And who are some characters you would love to see him interact with that you Oof. you know what I mean, like that people wouldn't expect? Uh, that people wouldn't, I don't know, because right away I'm trying to think who we associate with Kingpin and the first one that came to mind, and we did see that in the first Daredevil movie, is Bullseye. Um, we w- would be nice if we had, we see um, Vanessa. Kingpin and Star-Lord in there. dance off. Oh, see? Me and you, bro. Yeah. Vanessa. Vanessa. Right, so there's going to be that. I mean, we, I think, saw in something the villain character Hammerhead, didn't we? I don't think so. I don't think Hammerhead has actually debuted in him. I know Hammerhead. No, are you thinking of Spider Verse with uh, Tombstone? Tombstone's different than Hammerhead. That I know, right? But mm-hmm. he, so, you know, for the average person, they might look at him and go, oh, "That's Hammerhead." That weird yeah, looking yeah. shaped well, head. If it's flat, then it's definitely Hammerhead. If it's not, and it looks decrepit, <laughs> more so. You, you or seal the top and put it back in the fridge. Right. Oh, I'm thinking of sodas. Sorry. Oh, okay. And that's that's that. Yeah. I, but I just love how well of a secret they kept this. And I'm excited to see how he's going to interact with the overall Marvel Universe. I do think... I I think... Didn't I say on the previous episode Stark Tower was bought by uh, the Kingpin? As a possibility, I'm yes. I'm going to take that back. Mm-hmm. I completely take that back because that kind of building is not purchased by a guy who has car dealerships. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can sell like I'm looking at the cars that he's selling. He's got like a 1979 for like uh, nine thousand dollars, and eighty five for like fifty something thousand dollars. Like you know the uh, the station wagon from uh, what's it called uh, National Lampoon? He's got there. I'm like, wow. Oh, with the two two <laughs> tone wood on the side or whatever. Yeah, you want fifty thousand for that? That's cute. <laughs> um, but overall, they again they 
they definitely kept it a really good surprise. And I think what's going to happen with this is it's going to it's going to lead to a lot of people getting a renewed interest in the character, obviously. And I would say, obviously, go into the comics, read some of the stuff because some of the best Kingpin stories come from the comics. The one that I recommend the most is Born Again, where he's a vicious bastard. He is one of the most evil characters I've ever seen mm. in the pages of Marvel comic. And it leads to the uh, scene where Matt Murdock goes, you played all your cards, now I know who you are. Oh, very good. And there's there's just something special about the Kingpin villain, although, again, what this means, he suggested it down the line. He's like, I would love to interact with Tom Holland Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. This now yeah. leads the ability where we can get this. Right. And I'm really, like, everyone associates him as a Daredevil villain. It's been that for years, ever since, you know, the uh, Frank Miller run started and then just over the course of time with that. But also the, uh, what's his name, Uh, Michael Clark Duncan version. Correct, yeah. He, you know, became a Daredevil villain, specifically Daredevil. But the character made his debut in Spider-Man. That's right. I want to say issue number 51 or 40-something. Um, 50, if I'm not mistaken. It is 50? I'm pretty Damn, that's sure. Damn, bi- that is a big issue then. No mm-hmm. pun intended. But I am pretty sure. I'm gonna. I'm actually going to look that up because okay. I, that's the uh, Spider-Man no more. He hung up the webs. Uh, yeah, now I'm getting conf- a little conflicted on that. So I don't think we'll it get, would We'll be. get the clarification, but can we go to the beginning of the episode now? Yes, Eddie, we can. It's 2018, and we hear... The voices of Yelena and Natasha, and it's a girl fight all of a sudden with Yelena, with Sonia, the character in black garb, and uh, the person that they gas, the red gas to take her out of the the widow trance or Spider-Man mind. number 50, by the way. It is 50. There we go. And uh, Anna is her name. But the thing that comes after that is um, Yelena in the bathroom and having a brief, what appears to be, and I believe is, snap episode and it's so quick i love never i love saw that that was crazy fast it's one of the uh imagine being in that kind of situation where that happens to you and you five years of your life are is you know is eliminated within snap of a finger. actually you know what now I, i'm rethinking that now that i said that and this is the interpretation of what happened to someone in this case yeah. elena who their perspective was gone and then came right back, and it felt like, right, it was only five seconds, when, when I, in fact it was five years. When I saw the dust go right back, I was like, oh, she must have been a mistake one that she's going to live. And then you realize, oh, no, that was that span of time quickly like that. Yeah. I love that. I think that. Yeah, it was awesome. It's. I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet, but obviously, you know, you, you account for the lost year of 2020 and everything. We now now would have been, you know, like a year ago, we would have known this stuff. We would have seen this. Mm-hmm. It would have been quicker. But, yeah, man, it was, uh, imagine that's the psychological trauma of that kind of thing. Well, that's just the like, whole thing. You you're know. just standing there, and everything passes before you. And then she realizes and, quote, says, I need to find Natasha. I need to tell her I'm okay. And then we get to the previously scenes, Let which me, is a different way of opening up the episode, how, I thought. How would you do this scene where... Where is Natasha? I need to find Natasha. Would you have the moment of, you're going to have to sit down, honey? Or would you have the whole issue of, you just cut it right there. You don't. You let the audience interpret that. No, I mean, as a audience watching member, I said, oh. Yeah. Whoa. She she doesn't know. And know. It's, it's one of those, again, 
people, so many people out there are just like, oh, Black Widow was a terrible movie because you know, uh, Taskmaster had the gender change. That, that's the big, that's the big grievance, by the way. A lot of people say. Oh, so apparently. Wow. Okay. So why does why does Taskmaster have to be a guy? Does like Taskmaster have a detachable penis that you know he uses as a weapon? Yeah, that would no, make sense. No, then no. I get that. Would it? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you could use in an alternate version of that movie. That's you know NR fourteen or whatever the rating is NC seventeen. Who knows? What's that thing you like? It's a bat, like a little sock. You put like you know whatever, a, fl- a flapjack or something. Like it's something jack. I guess you know um, what I'm talking about. It's bre- like, vaguely. D- does Taskmaster have his testicles like that? Does he just go thwack and hit somebody over the head? Again, in a totally alternate and twenty one plus version <laughs> in the world that we don't want to visit. I mean, or some is people, it the world I know? Some people would want to. Some collective Ugh. soul, collective soul oh, well. song. The world I know. Okay, I had to drop some music in there somewhere. Uh, you did, please. Just like a uh, young Taskmaster dropped some stones when he was a young boy. Early kidney his testi- set in. His testicles descended. Eh? Oh, that was the joke. It was the coming of teenage years, I suppose. Yes. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Let's get heavy um, on a Kate and mom talk here, and and uh, from that I was getting a sense of. Not only mom passing on her wisdom, but perhaps some experience that she was talking about. Like, okay, there's more to this character of Eleanor the Bishop the than we're getting to find out. Just like with she's an Autobot, with like with Jack, and uh, finding out that perhaps he's done something that Eleanor was not aware of, and Kate kind of like tells her, you know, please look into this. And- I, I love the misdirection of all of it because now. You keep hearing about uh, Jack. I think Jack's a good guy. I honestly think he's Sometimes, a good guy. Sometimes, I he's, suppose. Because he's being set up. Well, yeah, in his arrest scene, he says he's obviously been framed. I do. I actually am of the agreement because, again, first off, he's a really charismatic actor. And imagine him alongside some of the other actors in the MCU. I could definitely see him being swordsman. Okay. Full time. Mm -hmm. And the character he is being framed because he, it's going to be one of those like big reveals, like a a swerve where he got in with her and she was the bad one all along because of her involvement with when I was a boy. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, with the big guy. Right. Uh, Meanwhile, we have the interlude with Maya and what's happening in her. and um, and I forget that character's name that she's dealing with the most, you know, sign language or Kazi. otherwise. Kazi. Thank you. Yeah, right. Um, but she's going to go back on her, her mission to uh, wipe out Hawkeye. Meanwhile, and it's also a, a bit of a distraction, too, because you don't know how to interpret what's happening. You've got the Elena and Kate scene in, in Kate's place. But she made macaroni, so you should try this. It's very good. And, you know, this is my first time in New York. She's coming off as... As too uh, jovial, perhaps, and just the big reveal of "Hey, I'm here to kill uh, Clint." Yeah. yeah, just all along. Yeah, I'm here to kill him. Uh, you know why not? And right. it sh- it shows again the uh, multifacetedness of these characters. How you know it's nice and sweet one minute, and then just like an, a vicious uh, murderer the next. I it's so damn appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get in my way again. Meanwhile, Hawkeye uh, is out on the street, and and I forget the the cause the um, yeah Renaissance guy's name Grills. Grills, thank you, and the uh, Peanuts song that's playing. Throughout. Again, I, I I laughed when that uh, song started playing because sure. Vince uh, Girardi is Girardi. Same thing. Uh, he oh he. Uh, that's very much a Christmas song. Very much a uh, 
a staple they're, of that. Yeah, they're uh, getting you know, the staples. It's of a seasonal what? thing, and when we get to the end of the episode, you leave the name of the artist to me. Just, just you, just back Bro, off on our that. lives. No. Oh man, this kid over Steve here, Steve Buscemi. Exactly, the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Riddler. But it, I, I want to rewind back over to the scene with uh, Yelena and uh, Kate. Just the. Yeah, I would have killed you. I would have killed you all along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even before you opened the door, you would have been dead. Yeah, that's, that's the, right. The viciousness of the uh, the Black Widows, I, th- I think uh, they've done a really good job of nailing this in regards to yeah. what an intimidating force they are. And I think doing that, it takes something that a lot of people out there have been like, oh, I, I don't care for these characters. No, you kind of should. You really should. And I like that also we get their first essential spat because Elena is going to be the one involved with the Young Avengers. Is that right? Yeah. that's the It's the whole team of the Young Avengers. You have, uh, what's her name, uh, Scott Lang's daughter. She's going to be involved. You have yes. Patriot. You have um, Hulkling, who's going to be showing up soon. I forgot what series Hulkling's going to be in. You have America Chavez. You have, again, it's... It's so smart, and this is why I wish they had done the Eternals like this. Introduce them through side characters in other shows. Why wouldn't you? As opposed to, hey, we're just going to shoehorn an entire movie and throw all this information at you, especially with, you know, blocks of text, because everyone loves that in the opening of a movie. Star Wars. That's not Star Wars is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Oh, blocks and scrolling. That's what we need to have to make it work. I would rather that. As opposed to, here's some dull... Yep. Okay. Are you doing an eternal bash again? I sure am. All righty then. That movie sucks shit. But man, I told you. Second time, it's better. I thought a little bit anyway. So was going poo after you know. (laughs) That number two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. (laughs) It stunk. Not the poo. I'm talking about the movie. Although. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know. But I think sign of good health. But the the uh, yes the personality the characteristics that the Black Widows exude definitely showed in Kate because. She was not comfortable at all throughout the whole conversation of being jovial and light and air and whatever, uh, and then you know I, getting I down love, to business of uh, so where is where is Hawkeye? I love Yelena so much more than uh, Black Widow, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, compared to Natasha, she's got so much more personality. She's just a much more. It she's guilty of something a lot of Marvel characters are known for, but the quippiness I love that about her. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's much more personality. It's much more fun. Yeah, and you've also known as much as we were allowed to know Black Widow over the course of however many movies. It, yeah, it helps. It in helps. Pieces, with the, but with Elena, the, we're getting a big chunk of from the Black Widow movie, and now a little more as we go along, type of thing. And also, again, you have the, the preconceived attitude of what a Black Widow is like. You have that knowledge of what these characters are like. So you put that in there. You don't need to worry about the whole dark matter to her. But you see that can you know contrasting alongside the jovial, happy persona that she exudes. Exactly. And again, just also she's a she's a daddy's girl. Uh, yeah. Just the line of oh yeah, you know my the opening line, just like my like my dad would say, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she brought him into that briefly. But now we move on to uh, after the Hawkeye scene and him being able to stay at Grill's place instead of the hotel and. And again, feeding the dog, what, pizza? Right. I'm taking back what I said about Grills, by the way. I don't think Grills is going to die. Oh, okay. So stay tuned next week when he bites it. But um, <laughs> the, the uh, outside Clint is walking, of course, to Grand Central. 
and seeing the, wait, the battle wait, wait. of we're not up to that yet. No, I want to go back to the thing with grills. Oh, oh, well, go okay. speed, go speed racer. Geez. You said stay tuned, so let's well, move. Because I was going to say some more in regards to his character that I found really funny was the whole line of "I want to show you guys the costumes." Yeah, they're they're ready. They're done. And again, it makes so much sense because you want to save that for the final episode. You want to save that for the big reveal for the final battle. Although, again, we know what the costumes are going to be. We've seen the leaked merch, or we've seen the toys sold. We've seen uh, the promo shots. So why didn't you just show it already? Okay, now when you we have the big reveal of the costumes, though, do you think we're going to have a misdirection with the original comic accurate ones? That's a possibility, sure. That okay. would be a great thing to be uh, at the at the end, at the last episode, which is what? It's only six, I think, total? I was thinking in regards to the, uh, we are going to see a Hawkeye helmet. Okay, prototype. Yeah, I think that's going to be a part of the costume. And then he goes, no, I'm not going to wear that. Yeah, right. That's about it. And right. then, you know, right. but I'll take the rest. Because the costume, like, from you have you seen how it looks? I don't think I have, no. Let me see if I can pull it well, up. Well, I saw Kate's sketch from a previous episode. That was it. Let me find the uh, costume. And that was pretty, you know, pretty cool. It was just the uh, penciled version. No no coloring, of course. Yeah, they're, they're both uh, readily available. This is obviously for the uh, audio podcast. But yes, that's obviously. how the, that's how the figure looks. And if you close your eyes, you'll be able thing. to see this. Thing. Yeah, okay. And it's got like the, I like the nice little details. Yeah, I mean it's it's the highlights are purple, but it's majority of it is is black well, color, and that makes sense. I'm talking about the. Uh, the I know you're talking the, about the, the other the stuff. Grays, the grays, the grays on. Grays there. in there. I yeah, love that. I think that's a. Really you know what? Smart that thing. stuff get, has a, a Black Widow ish costume effect to me. Looking, I think. That's been a lot of the costumes in general, though. It's very much a. Uh, like layered kind of well, thing. Yeah, I think. Well, Natasha started it first, so she's a trendsetter. Well, I mean, well, obviously, but well, very much a fashionista. Obviously, but I would say uh, they they pick the. I love how the costumes for them are designed by LARPers, just like cosplay people, you know. And it's so silly, but it, it makes perfect sense because it's acknowledging, hey, the the fan costumes are just as good, or if not better, sometimes than the actual ones we see mm. on the big screen. Or the quote-unquote professional-grade ones, you know? Yeah. And also that level of... Uh, Hawkeye really is a man of the people. Like, he's just a regular, everyday schlub where you just hear the line of, no, you're not getting a hotel. You're going to lay on my couch. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it's very much a sweet thing of him to do. And just that element of, oh, yeah, people do like me. Because I think also the other thing is, in the universe, he does thinks no one likes him, like cares about him. Well, you know, it's, it's a more... Uh, hu- not humanitarian, humanistic um, humility, humbleness about sure, yeah, and in that he's in this situation and not a billionaire and not someone that everyone's looking up to. He's sort of an everyday and every man in a, in a kind of way. So in a strange tangent, it's a Peter Parker esque thing, yeah, to make him seem like this could be a real character who has this this situation that they're in and how do how does he get out of it? Uh, yeah. He's humble too, but also the fact of he does matter. He matters more than he realizes. Mm-hmm. And when you know when he goes to, as you mentioned, the uh, the plaque. And I'm going to be in the New York City area this weekend. I kind of want to see if maybe like there was a stealth putting that up afterwards. You know, hey, promotion for the show, because they do stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you know, if you go over to the uh, firehouse from Ghostbusters, they now have a Ghostbusters logo on top of it. Okay, I don't know that they would do this though. I could see it. Yeah, but then you could possibly see it unless it's really secured. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I'm talking. It could be about. lifted. 
Yeah. Also, yeah. But I could see still them doing it. You know, put up cameras and stuff like that. There is... Then again, you know... Some so you can see it being heisted. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I could, I could definitely see it like being an event thing too. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm not being like, skeptical about it, or, or or being negative rather. I'm being a little bit cautious and or skeptical rather. The so, captain. Yeah. Well, remember the Captain America statue. Yeah, right. Which in, neither in, of us have still seen. No, we're in Brooklyn, correct? Yeah. Neither okay. of us have seen it. I'm kind of annoyed. Both like. You should have by now. For I know. Sure, no, I think. I'm I'm in agreement, but I think you should have seen it before me. What, because I'm older? I mean, <laughs> seniority? No, what the heck? Because you're Captain Ed America, ding dong. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. That's really the big factor in... in... Well, obviously, mm-hmm. you have the shield. I don't. So, so? I should meet Thanos then. You should meet Thanos then. Okay, fine. And get it half broken in half? Yes. I'm not meeting Thanos then. No, I'm talking about I have the Infinity Gauntlet. I should meet Thanos then. That yeah, True. Okay, well, I can give you the other shield that I have too, which is a smaller version or a plastic versus a uh, toughened resiny type plastic. Not the, the un-legends I, one. I enjoy Eddie Nose's differences between types of plastics. Well, sometimes, you know, a little chemical thing or chemistry, or and I was a bad science person. So, there we are. The Battle of New York Memorial. That's some weird science, Eddie. Good song, Oingo Boingo. On this site in 2012, during the Battle of New York, the Avengers first assembled. Now, I don't know what, you know, it was just maybe somewhat kind of random as the order of the names that follow, but you have Steve Rogers, Tony Stark... Thor Odinson, haven't seen it that way very much. Bruce Banner, Natasha Romanoff, Clint Barton. And yet again, who's last? Clint, yes, yeah. exactly. And now the, the line that he says, uh, which I... is a mixture, I think, of emotions, because you see him kind of taking a deep breath and sobbing. and, and Him and... taking his earpiece out was like the thing that really set it for me. Yeah. It was like an emotional scene. Yeah, he wanted to block out everything else, I guess, and say, among other things, I miss you. But then on the turn of a second, if that, and I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do. Puts the hood on and hightails it out of there. When we get to that scene in the Fat Man Auto Mall. Fat Man used cars. That too. Well, it says Auto Mall at one point, too. It, it does say Auto Mall. In this issue? In this episode? They did have a big sign that says Auto Mall. But Fat Man Used Cars is the thing I'm looking at from the long shot. There, Anywho. There was also a big shot that said that. No, Oh, Billy Joel. Yes. Yes. But anyway, they had the um, the scene where, you know, the arrow is shot, you know, while he's doing his thing. And, you know, he's saved in the middle of the fight. But I was waiting for that to be revealed to be like a bully, uh, billy club. Oh, well. Oh, because man. everyone is expecting, you know, rumor and innuendo about a certain web crawler movie featuring a certain lawyer. And that's not apparently the way it's going to get done now, is it? I thought it would be it would be much more a bigger surprise having him show up in this scene. Because, like, everyone's expecting one thing, do a complete 180. Because, again, no one expected Kingpin to be in this. Mm. But there he is. Yeah, there he is. But before we get to that, again, the end of the episode reveal is, uh, and or the multiple scenes of of. Kate's multiple messages on until Clint's cell phone is full. And then we hit It shows the, the neuroticness of the character. Yeah, and it's and it's a it's a little uh, uh, lightheartedness or in you know d- a diversion, different emotional tone there. I think overall they uh Ah man, it was it's very much her character is such a brat and I love the fact that she She's still trying to figure everything out. She's she's very much, she's grown past the starstruck fangirl 
yes. of Hawkeye to being like, yeah, he's a screw-up, but he's my screw-up of a hero. And going back to her, though, meaning earlier in the episode, I thought that Kate was definitely reevaluating to herself what she's been doing with respect to learning archery, winning those trophies, seeing her very first bow up on the wall, all that, all that stuff. Does she, does she want to not pursue this anymore? And we find out what happens, Spoil- of course, later. Spoilers. Guess what? She doesn't. She becomes Lady Hawk guy. And but first, a selfie. And in re- <laughs> <laughs> that's true too. It could be right. In regards to. Uh, the overall fight, I I love Echo, and I think very much, uh, I think it was kind of a, t- a mean thing of Hawkeye to do as he's, you know, signing to her. He he would stop doing the signing in between. Like, she can't read lips all the time, Hawkeye. She needs to know what's going on. So he's like, killed, wife, murder. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's literally the drop call of sign languages. Okay, okay, fine. He just... I can't. Can you call back in a better service spot, please, Hawk Guy? <laughs> Maybe stand over under the light. I can see you better. But what precipitated that fight scene was the uh, "Christmas in Hollis," our, our Run DMC song, as we see the two tracksuit track Draculas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, then that arrow coming through, which is actually a, a paper note delivery system. <laughs> So we have Christmas and Hollis. We have Father Christmas by the Kinks. Mm-hmm. What is a Christmas song, a uh, rock staple of the last 40 to 50 years that you think is going to show up next? The Waitresses, Christmas Rapping. I... <laughs> That's, no, that is a good guess. I like that one. I played it this morning on the radio, so anyway. <laughs> uh and that, that's a that's a classic. I love that Yeah, it one. is. It's um, a newer classic, if you will, or if you won't, but yeah. I would say Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Springsteen, the live version. That could be Always a possibility. The live ver- yeah, okay. Um, there was another one that I was... I don't know why, but I feel like Elvis's Blue Christmas is going to make an appearance. With the... Ooh, ooh. Wow, that was really it, it, that was I really was bad. far away. Yeah, but still hurt my... Yeah, I'm sorry. Hurt my ears and eyes, yeah. actually. Yeah. Ordering on physical. Yeah. Let's see if I have any ibuprofen nearby. All right. You have a leave, though. I'll leave after I'm done. Boo. But I appreciate the pun. Mm-hmm. I would say, uh, yeah, I can see Blue Christmas being involved in a future episode. Because, of, all, yeah, because of all one left. Yeah, of all one left. Because it doesn't look like that uh, Clint is making it back in time for Christmas with his family. Oh, see? See? So there it fits. Blue? I may, See, you're welcome. Eddie, Eddie, you should write comics. Yeah, so the coloring on his costume will be a dark blue instead of the, never mind. Never you mind. Ooh. Yelena following Eleanor Bishop. I wasn't yelling. I was just going to, ooh. Yeah, okay. There there we head into the final scene where Yelena becomes a, uh, a stalker of sorts. And that's that. And with the texting to Kate saying, uh, you know, I know who hired me. And I we... continually look forward to every Wednesday for the show now. Mm-hmm. There's only one more to look forward to. Yeah. And then sorrow. Yeah. Man, I... Again, I think because I've instilled it in you over the last year or so, Hawkeye's going to be the one to look forward to. Hawkeye's going to be the one to look forward to. Have you been disappointed with this show? possible. No, not at all. Ready for a second viewing from the beginning. 
Have you have you done a second viewing for any of the shows yet? I've maybe I, watched mm, the bit like bits and pieces of WandaVision, but that's it. N- no. no. This is the one that would get you a second viewing though? I think so. Really? I think so. Well, part of it is I I'm sorry. Full disclosure, I know my wife would enjoy it. And not to not to say that I'm going to answer any questions she has along the way because she's pretty damn smart and will make her own assumptions and say, "Well, this is going to be." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that is what happens," or kind of thing. Um, so I think for her to be incited about it is uh, is is cool, and I get the warm fuzzies from that too. Oh, shucks. And the cuddles, and you know, never mind. Aww. All right, but Aww. what? But what I suspected too, and another character came to mind was where Clint asks. Or wants to know who's hired Yelena. And I go right away to the end of Black Widow and where we have um, Elaine, her character. Uh, Are you really doing what I think you're doing? Well, that's the first thing I can't. Julia Lewis Dreyfus's character. And I'm thinking, oh, her name's got to be dropped somewhere. By the way, um, I'm currently looking through the uh, Hawkeye Episode 5 discussion on. Um... Apparently we both missed this because I did not. Did you watch the credits? I did. The kingpin silhouette over the Hawkeye logo at the end. I didn't even notice that. I got to watch that again. Over the Hawkeye logo at the end. Yeah. And then they said in the credits, Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin. Yeah, that I didn't notice. I was trying to look for the the song credit to You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. And who is that by, Eddie? Thurl Ravencroft. Can't make that up. No, I know the name, but I just feel like that name is perfectly to have lightning and thunder afterwards. Say it again. Thurl Ravencroft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's a wrap on that one. Mm-hmm. And like, let me just go through some of the uh, discussions of this, but it is one of the funniest parts of utilizing that song. It makes perfect sense for the Kingpin because... We're not going to get the vicious, evil version of him that we had in Daredevil. But I right. hope it can be so close. I hope. like, Well, we'd be able to see how it could tilt that way, perhaps. You've seen flip the first... The, flip the switch or whatever. You've seen at least the first two seasons of Daredevil, right? No, just the first... But you've seen the first. And what was the most yeah. vicious thing he did? Well, it was that hallway scene, wasn't it? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Kingpin. Um, the car door. Yeah, boy, everyone knows that scene. (laughs) Yes. That is, uh... That door doesn't shut for nothing. Uh, How many times? Ten slams of that door or attempted? It's very much, uh... Do you think we could get a scene that vicious or even worse? Um... I don't know. But do we need to? I don't know. I don't know that we need to see that actually that's what I love hearing people go on saying oh you can't do Deadpool as PG-13 yeah you can you know you don't need to drop an F-bomb you can still skewer people you know in a PG-13 movie for the most part you know yeah but I mean overall a lot of people have been uh, making reference by the way to him being in this movie or in this show over and over with Kingpin but I recently saw a uh, photoshopped illustration of oh no it's Uncle Fisk he's cruel he's brutal he's family and it's in the style of Uncle Buck. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his suitcase, it's got little stickers of all the you know. The well, people. the the, uh, the font of the writing. Yeah, and I see the stickers too. Yeah. I love that he's reading a newspaper, though. Well, you got to be informed. And in those times, you know, we didn't have the phone stuff going on, so there you are. I recently bought a newspaper uh, on a, for a train ride. Aw. I didn't read it though. 
You needed it for some other reason, perhaps. No, I was going to read it. I just didn't read it. Okay. I suck. Mm, like a Hoover. A vacuum, even. But overall, yeah, this uh, was episode five, Echoes. No, it was or, oh shit, Ronan, you're, you're Ronan, right. Ronan. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, that was that echoes coming from the time I said episode number two, Eddie. Yeah, it was a delay, man. That was a like, two was tied into one, which was a combo, which is what I wasn't I, here I for. My I, first week in Latveria, blah blah blah. Uh, how what? How you still uh, recovering from that? I still have you know some scars. Anyway, some things you'll never unsee. That's exactly like right. His face. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes, like I said, this episode. And yeah, Ronan, yeah, yeah. not Echo. Hooray. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. No spoilers, damn it. <laughs>